0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Forever Motorsports on Forever Sports. For this, the Forever F1 podcast, hosted weekly, of course, on the channel. And, uh, yeah, I'm joined by Reese today, who's on my left, technically, on the screen. Your right, whatever it is. Uh, Reese is down in Durban, and, of course, we are all looking forward to the Canada Grand Prix this week. This is not the preview. The preview comes uh, on Thursday, but nonetheless, this is our weekly show. And, uh, yeah, lots of other things to talk about with regards to F1 since the spanish grand prix and uh reese i hope you're well and uh yeah just uh, let me know how you're feeling going into this week with regards to formula one news in general yes well certainly looking
1: forward to this weekend i think it's going to be very exciting i I think a lot of teams are still trying to get to the bottom of their new upgrades certainly mercedes will be wanting to get to the bottom of theirs so we could see them hopefully making some more gains this weekend as well as aston martin are supposed to be bringing a big upgrade package as well So whether they're going to be fighting at the top, we'll have to wait and see. It could be a very exciting weekend.
0: Yeah, and uh, lots of news to go through. Uh, Well, I say lots. There's some news to go through. There hasn't been a a massive amount of breaking news and otherwise, you know, some things that we would see uh, throughout the week. But we have got a few things and updates about uh, Lewis Hamilton and his uh, contracts and his potential uh, teams going forward. Um, Toto Wolff and Hamilton talking about the current challenges with uh, Red Bull. Wolff. Uh, throwing support to Gunter Steiner. Steiner of course uh, uh, in terms of the FIA uh, after Steiner got a warning from the FIA. Jeremy Clarkson has been in the talk for the last week and uh, of course a little bit closer to home for us South Africans. We've got a, 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 a little bit of positive news, a little bit of a glimmer of hope with regards to uh, the South African F1 race potentially actually still a possibility. So we'll go through all of that of course and uh, yeah I think let's head on right to the next year. Then we've got oh, Fernando Alonso up there in the middle there. But uh, Fernando Alonso's teammate, Lance Joel, will it be at home this week in his home Grand Prix in Canada. But you say that Aston Martin are gonna be bringing upgrades to uh, to Canada. And uh, can you elaborate a little more on that or is this just still a little bit unknown? Do we not know what's uh, happening quite yet?
1: Um, I don't think we know too much what's happening, but I mean, it will certainly be track specific as well. I mean, Canada is such a high speed track as I'm sure you know, Mark, from us playing and practicing in the Formula One game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that could be track specific. So they could have a new rear wing for that, possibly a new uh, double diffuser. They might be trying to go a little bit more towards Red Bull's philosophy. We don't really know. We'll have to wait and see, though.
0: Yeah. Just got a comment here from Nick. Hello, Nick. Welcome to the show. Be sure to stay, stick around. Uh, it says, how long do you think Max versus the vein at the top uh, will last? Months or years? What's, what's, what's your prediction just quickly on that? That's
1: very difficult uh, to tell at the moment. I mean, there's still a lot up in the air at the moment. I think Red Bull will be a little bit nervous going past 2026 because Honda's leaving them and going to Aston Martin, so they're taking over their engine department. So maybe we might have them dominating until then if other teams can't catch up too much.
0: So that would be another three years, you reckon, and then it'll become more of a tasty competition at the top.
1: Possibly. I mean, there's also talks of making cars lighter. But that could be finally going towards what we want to see mark is smaller cars
0: yeah so i want to see smaller cars it certainly make most of these circuits better and that's often the problem with regards to uh overtakes of course most of these tracks now just seem so small with these massive cars compared to what they used to be and uh yeah i think also the 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 next uh likelihood is uh of course to do with um yeah, mercedes have finally gone to this to back to the side pods. so maybe next season they will actually significantly improve their car and uh, come back at red bull for next season but whilst we're on the talk of mercedes of course our big title of the show and that is lewis hamilton possibly staying at uh mercedes after all and i've just got a little uh, article here from the express uh, and it says f1 live hamilton and wolf prepare an announcement um with regards to his potential uh, staying at um uh, sorry, at, uh, at Mercedes, at Mercedes. Just, uh, <laughs> just going through. It says, uh, though Total Wolf has since urged his team to be realistic with their expectations and claimed that everything fell right for his drivers, uh, he explained we need to be realistic with regards to the future uh, of our drivers. Um, just, sorry, I think I've opened up the wrong article there. Uh, yeah, but Lewis Hamilton saying that uh, he's enjoying the current uh, issues at the top, well, the, the competition at the top with Red Bull, um, but saying that uh, he believes him and uh, Mercedes will uh, will get through the down, as they, as they say. He says through up and downs. So I think it's been a pretty incredible journey. But it says that we will come back and we will get this car working again, basically, in, 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 in summer. And we'll go back to what he says exactly. But uh, basically hinting at the fact that he will be staying at Mercedes to do that. So is that pretty much not really much news? Because we sort of did recognise, of course, everyone going and saying, oh, Ferrari's going to snap him up. But it just doesn't sound like it's likely, does it?
1: I mean, I've got a, another article here from Sky Sports, just uh, with another quote from Wolff saying, it is going to happen soon and we are talking more days than weeks. So it could happen before the Canadian Grand Prix, Mark.
0: And uh, that would be, of course, a great boost to Mercedes understanding the future, knowing that uh, Hamilton and Russell will be in the car probably for the next three years at minimum. Uh, And uh, yeah, Hamilton's getting on a little bit in years, but of course, still got a way to go to reach Alonso's uh, sort of uh, time on the track. So I suppose, you know well I said time on the track of course uh, Hamilton's completed more races but I just think in terms of age with regards to Hamilton versus Alonso so there's no reasons why Hamilton can't keep going for another few years and keep it right at the top level of course we don't know how good Hamilton's racing is at the moment considering that Mercedes car. but the Spanish Grand Prix of course was a significant boost for the team and we saw Hamilton finish second uh, which of course is much closer to where he'd like to be finishing on the podium his first podium in Ages. So he'll, of course, be chuffed about that. Maybe he'll take that into Canada. And with a new contract, you know, maybe we'll see the old Hamilton.
1: Yes, I mean, I'd certainly like to see Hamilton fighting with Max Verstappen at the top. It would make it very interesting for us. I mean, Hamilton trying to win that championship back from Max Verstappen. I mean, he's certainly still a bit sore, I'm sure, about that. When was it 2020, that world championship?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was 2020 or 2021. 2021, it was 2021, 2021, 2021. No, it was 2021 mm-hmm. because last season was the first season, of course, of the new cars, and it was the old cars last season but they had the yeah. incredible end to the season that we all mm-hmm. know and love and can't forget. And uh, uh, yeah, so just going back to here, yeah, Lewis Hamilton, and it's just uh, just some news regarding him recently. It says Lewis Hamilton says he is still incredibly hungry to succeed in Formula One. And as I said, admits he is enjoying being the hunter for the short, short term. That's what I elaborated earlier. But I'm just going to go further. This is Hamilton, who held talks with Total Wolf regarding a new Mercedes contract following the Spanish Grand Prix, hasn't won a race for over 18 months after enduring his first winless season in 2022. And uh, I quote. Uh, Hamilton no, says, Thr- uh, through the ups and downs, I think it's been a pretty incredible journey. Back in 2006, I never thought I would be multiple world champion. I wasn't even sure if I'd get into F1. Every second and every decision I made on track in my mind was the deciding factor of if I would get the opportunity and whether the door would be open for me to get my hand up into the big league. That's all I was focused on every single day when I was running, every mile I was putting in, thinking about crossing the line and how I could convince then the McLaren CEO, Ron Dennis, to give me a chance. I thought if I win the championship, they have no choice but to give me an opportunity. It's pretty crazy. Getting here to F1, it's a similar sort of thing. I have to really show what I can do to prove myself every weekend. I've been doing it a long time and I still feel very much related to that kid. I don't know how, but it still feels so incredibly... uh, It still feels... So incredibly hungry to win and willing to sacrifice pretty much everything in order to get where I need to be. And that's not changed. So he supposedly says his attitude hasn't changed since he started. And uh, if his attitude hasn't, then surely his driving hasn't. And we should see a Hamilton fighting near the top with Max Verstappen soon, provided Mercedes can get their upgrades done.
1: Yes, well, I certainly think it's needed for the sports at the moment. I think people are getting a little bit bored with Max just dominating every race so i would certainly welcome her back very happily at the top of the grid
0: yeah so we want more competition right at the top there just a few more comments here we'll go through them here dave just saying how's the chance uh, never knew this was the South african channel uh, big ups from johannesburg where are you guys located in sa and uh, well i am in johannesburg as well reese is down in durban um, yeah so we do commute between the two and sometimes are together for the shows but uh, otherwise we are separate at the moment as we see uh, yeah, but I am based up in Joburg, as is the Forever Sports team, generally, is based in Johannesburg, of course, we do other sports as well, and Nick also asking a couple of uh, questions there, he says, if you could make one alteration to the rules this year, what would that be, and then, is there any possibility uh, of a South African F1 team? I think, regarding the second question, Reese, <laughs> you can pretty much speak for my, uh, my, my own uh, opinion there.
1: Uh, well, I an F one team, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I I doubt very much we'll see us there for an F one team. I mean, Ever. the current <laughs> buy
1: is set at around a billion dollars, so it's very unaffordable.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's what I'll yeah. Say. I say. I'm I'm looking at that thinking, not even not even old Rupert or Patrice Mazzepi have that sort of money. So uh, we'll, we'll 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 probably say no. But uh, with regards to the altercation to the rules, what would you what would you make? If there was one altercation to a rule this season, what would you do?
1: Mm, well, a rule could also be design rules. So I would yeah. certainly say that I would want the cars to be smaller.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I suppose that's not a rule we're gonna change this season. That's more of a that's a big thing. But if there's something small that was, that was realistic, what would it be?
1: Mm, that's difficult. Um
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I I would tell you exactly where I would make it because we've seen it a couple of times this season where we've seen incredible laps deleted track limits. Now I'm going to say that when you go around the track in your qualifying lap, you can have one instance, one instance around the track where you've had all four tires off the track. That's basically like your get out of jail free card for your lap. Because it's so strict, the moment all four of your tires go ever so slightly off, they decide, boom, that's your lap to lead to. We saw Hulkenberg, I think it was Hulkenberg, it was Magnussen, somebody, one of them put in an unbelievable lap, would have got into uh, Q1 and only finished in Q2 as a result, but put the quickest lap in by a country mile, and we literally looked, and I was like, 0.6 millimeters or something stupid, or point six centimeters, obviously, um, away from the line. I would personally just just change that. Uh
1: yeah. I mean, I disagree. I think there has to be a rule as to where the start and end of the track is, because I mean, otherwise drivers are going to take that that extra risk, and you're never going to. To be safe enough, unfortunately, because of that, you're going to take massive risks and end up going off the track. I mean, we saw that in in Spain where they were going wide over that final um, curb there, and Fernando Alonso completely destroyed his floor. So...
0: That's racing, isn't it? Oh, I'd like to see that. That's what people want to see. They want to see drivers taking the absolute risk. They know this is a sport. You know that's potentially exceptionally dangerous. I want to see risk taken. Don't you? Well, of
1: course, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, certain tracks like Monaco, there's no point in even having track limits because there is no track, really. Yeah, well, it's so sort of tight. But... And
0: that, that's what Nick makes uh, reference to with regards to your earlier thing, saying so 100% agree. I wish every year there was a specific Monaco car that was narrower and more raceable. And uh, also, did your guest chew tarmac from birth? So you're very, very funny. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's going and saying, you've got a hell of a chore line, Reese, So uh, that's a bit of a compliment there. You've got a, you've got a very defined jawline, and I think I attribute that to your chewing gum. Uh, yes, <laughs> Yes. And, uh, yeah, you know, we've got a couple of South Africans in the chat, and this is also something I want to talk about. And that's uh, an article released today from News24. That's a South African publication, of course. Uh, it's... Speaking about the potential of the F1 race not being all dead in the water and it goes and says talks over South South Africa hosting an F1 race has been paused not terminated uh, says the Motorsport SA chair and I just want to read a little bit of that article and uh, it says though South Africa's hopes to appear on the 2024 Formula One calendar have been derailed Motorsport South Africa chairperson Anton Vu is adamant that talks will continue when the time is right. Rue, a member of the Senate of the FIA, confirms to News24 that he is not giving up on ambitions to host an F1 race in the country in the future. And he says, all the discussions have been paused and not terminated. I'm not going to give up on it. But for now, we'd have to wait and see how the matter with Mr. Putin and Russia actually pans out. Unfortunately, that is also a big Big uh, factor in South Africa not getting a Formula One Grand Prix at the moment. Of course, yes, they did come out and basically said we will not have one so much as our uh, relationship with Russia exists. And I think most people would agree that we don't really want that relationship to exist. Uh, so uh, hopefully that does de- that does leave. And uh, then the article goes on and says indeed South Africa's ties with Russia and its President Vladimir Putin have have put negotiations on ice south african president Cyril imposes deflection on calls to have his russian counterpart putin arrested when he sets foot in the country later this year has led to the fia and formula one management putting talks on hold as a result the international criminal court issued an arrest warrant of course for putin in march over war crimes related to russia's invasion of ukraine and the subsequent war uh, but as a member of the icc south africa are theoretically required to arrest putin under the court's warrant and as a result we seem to be inviting him here. And uh, all of the chatter with regards to that is the reason why Formula One will not engage with us uh, regarding talks for a Formula One race in the country. So at the moment, that whole situation leaves and hopefully in a good light for South Africa, maybe we can engage that conversation again.
1: Yes, it's rather disappointing. Of course, I mean, I'm not going to get into the politics. <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing that we're not going to be able to to host a, a formula one race until we do kind of sort that out uh but i mean i agree with the formula formula one group's reasoning for sure i completely support them
0: yeah as i said you can't really blame them uh <laughs> and you can't really blame a lot of decisions when it comes to our relationship unfortunately most of the western world uh do condemn the entire war of course then so do we but you know it's it, as a result South africa doesn't seem to be uh Favoring a particular side and and uh, yeah really not putting themselves in any light. And as a result, Formula One is saying nope, we're not talking to you until that uh, situation sorts itself out. So hopefully it does. Uh, but yeah, let's get back onto the the main F1 news, of course. And uh, yeah, one of the things, of course, was uh, Mercedes. They feel like they've been freed. That's what both drivers have said uh, uh, f- uh, with regards to the confidence uh, uh, and the f- uh, from the suspension upgrade they, of course, put in. Uh, for Monaco and then got to use properly in Spain. So basically the emphasis being given more freedom, they feel like they can push the car a lot more. and They they feel they've got more control. And uh, based on the fact they gave second or third, wouldn't you have to agree?
1: Well, it definitely did work and it helped them jump up the order. Certainly compared to Red Bull, they still are quite a bit off. I mean, Red Bull have consistently had a 20-second or more gap at every single race this entire calendar year so far. So, I mean, everyone else hasn't really made too much of an inroads on Red Bull, but Mercedes has has made certainly a big step forward compared to everyone else.
0: Yeah, and if that's how much progress they managed to make with these first upgrades and the side parts being put on, imagine how much progress they can do uh, in the coming races because now they know what car they're going with. They know it's a much, much quicker car. It's much, much uh, more... Controllable and better car essentially, so they know what they can work on, and we know how good the, uh, the Mercedes AMG team are with regards to Formula One's uh, engineering department. But uh you know, maybe we do see them improve dramatically, and suddenly out of nowhere, we do have a team competing with Red Bull, which would of course be great. Do you see anything? Expect-
1: well, I always expected them to to make a comeback. I didn't think it was going to take them this long to be honest i always thought they would get to the bottom of that zero side pod concept it looked like it had a lot of promise from the get-go but didn't really make too much of a a difference really out on track and they kind of just fell behind and now they are really on the back foot but i mean for the first race with well first normal race traditional race track um, with those side pods without all the data that the other teams have they did quite well
0: so hopefully they improve even more in Canada. And uh, now going into that, I'm still sticking on the topic of Mercedes. Mercedes, are the main ones really in the in, in the news at the moment. And uh, well, it's Mercedes and a bit of Haas, of course. And uh, that's the fact that I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, Gunter Steiner was given a reprimand following comments made in relation to a penalty for his Haas driver uh, Nico Hulkenberg. And Wolf has come out uh, in support. Of uh, Günther Steiner, and it goes it says in this article here from Racing News three six five, Mercedes team principal total Wolf has thrown support behind the FIA after oh behind the FIA sorry I meant the other way around, <laughs> not supporting uh, not supporting Günther Steiner, uh, but it's thrown support behind the FIA after his harsh counterpart Günther Steiner was warned for comments made about the racing stewarding in F one. Steiner, who was unhappy with the penalty handed to Nico Hülkenberg at the Monaco Grand Prix and was subsequently handed a reprimand, having been filed in breach of the FIA International Sporting Code. The Italian said, We need a different system for stewards, Steiner told media, including uh, the publication I'm reading from. In his press briefing on Thursday ahead of the Spanish Grand Prix, Uh, weekend and uh, every professional sport has professionals being referees and stuff like this f1 is one of the biggest sports in the world and we still have laymen deciding on the fate of people which invest millions into their careers and it's always a discussion because there's no consistency so no holding back from steiner there uh yeah you you're
1: not allowed to say that it's a team principle i mean there's rules against all of this
0: yeah, and uh, but Steiner would later offer an apology for her the yeah. terminology used in a scathing criticism, having been given his warning, and I have never had my doubts in the system. Is what uh, Wolf has, seen, uh, has said in response. Wolf experienced a cool relationship with her race control and stewards during the 2021 season, but speaking to media, he insisted, I had never had my doubts in the system. I had my doubts in individuals. As a steward and a race director, you are under immense pressure to do the right things and probably every decision is going to have someone that likes it and the other one that doesn't. So I think they're just trying their best and we need to support the FIA where we can. And I probably can't disagree too much with that, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I mean, as I said already, you can't really criticize the FIA. It's yeah, something that you don't really do when you're a team boss. You're supposed to show faith. I mean, we never saw. Well, we saw a little bit of, Tosa um, Wolf criticizing the FIA after Lewis Hamilton's lost victory in 2021. But I mean, after that, it's really been from everyone support towards the FIA.
0: Yeah, and. This season as well, the FIA, I mean, how would you rank them so far? I mean,
1: there have been inconsistent at certain races. That's for sure with their rulings. Some races, they're a bit stricter than others. I mean, they. I think they're still trying to get to a happy medium with us. I mean, some races, we've had multiple safety cars and red flags out of nowhere. I mean, thinking back to Australia, we had how many red flags in the space of like half an hour? Um, but Yeah.
0: I mean, what's also interesting is the, for me, with regards to the FIA's rulings this season has been the fact that safety cars aren't really something they want, which the crowd do, (laughs) you know, it's, 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 it's an interesting one because we've only really seen virtual safety cars most of the time, if we do have one and otherwise, um, they've been very quick not to, in the recent races at least, not to put a safety car out because, you know obviously the virtual safety car is more fair in terms of those who gain a big advantage on those behind them but it also doesn't allow for close racing after that restart you know we love to see a, a safety car restarts a little bit more action that the crowd gets to see maybe something interesting happens it's a chance for those drivers that fall behind a little bit maybe from a mistake or two or something to take it back strategies get changed and we haven't seen a safety car now it's in three races
1: yeah i mean i certainly expected to get one in monaco and we didn't that was Certainly, an outlier, we normally always have one in Monaco. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, other than that, the last few races have been clean at least. So there hasn't been the need for it. Monaco, though, had quite a few offs and we didn't get a safety car. So
0: yeah, interesting. So, somehow all the drivers seem to get themselves really close to, a, to, a, to an area they could take the car very quickly. So uh, does not allow for a safety car, but I think we finally will have a safety car this weekend. We surely have to because it's been too long without one. And this is Canada, of course, as you said, high paced circuit. Uh, I'm yeah, sure we'll the world some... champions will take another victim. Exactly, yeah. The yeah. when... world
1: champions, of course, being the last corner on the track and a lot of big names have lost it there in that final corner
0: i know it very well every single court, every single time i go around the track in canada i hit it every time in the in, in the in the game and i think we'll see that tonight of course we're going to go and record our gaming stream later and uh, yes. we'll see that i'm sure many times everybody going into that wall as reese mentions and just lastly just to wrap things up for the show today and i think this is just a fun little thing here and jeremy clarkson who of course is a huge huge f1 fan uh particularly uh, um, he's quite a quite fond of uh, Alpine who's just down the road from his farm of course
1: oh, I think he's a, a big fan of Fernando Alonso specifically to be honest yeah
0: but of course Fernando Alonso not in the Alpine team um but oh, sorry Alpine, yeah. no, no, no problem. <laughs> but he was in the Alpine team uh yeah Jamie Clarkson is a huge fan of Fernando Alonso though as you say but uh, he's also he's, he's a fan of lots of things you know he's a fan of, of course of Lewis Hamilton and uh, Mercedes in general Red Bull he likes as well he loves Ferrari, of course, but uh, he's got a little soft spot for Alpine because they're just down the road from his uh, Diddley squat farm. And uh, just in the news this week with regards to F1 and Jamie Clarkson, he bought 1,000 beers of his uh, his uh, own beer, of course, Hawkston Lager. Um, mm-hmm. He went and bought it for the entire F1 team, and he delivered it to them via tractor. Uh, he yes, took it to his Lamborghini his tractor. Lamborghini tractor <laughs> he got on it, and he went down to the Alpine uh, team uh, headquarters, And just reading an article here from The Express, and it goes and says, Jeremy Clark stuck to his word by surprising the entire Alpine team with 1,000 beers on Monday to celebrate Esteban Ocon's podium finish at last month's Monaco Grand Prix. The form of Top Gear star, who lives locally in Alpine's base in Oxfordshire, Previously vowed to buy a pint for the whole team if Ocon held on to secure a memorable top three finish at F1's most iconic street circuit. Clarkson made the offer via Twitter during the race by posting, Come on, Alpine F1 team. I'll buy you all a pint if you get a podium here. Ocon went to deliver the goods by keeping fourth place Lewis at bay during the closing stages in Monaco, promoting Clarkson to follow through on his promise by hand-delivering plenty of bottles to Enston on monday the 63 year old turned up with a track on a tractor with 1000 beers in his trailer before jumping out and handing them to alpine staff outside the entrance to the facility he was also pictured chatting with Ocon in the sunshine and had time to pose for a number of photographs of team members which have since been shared by alpine's official social media channels the team went on to publicly thank clarkson for uh, sticking to his promise by posting on twitter delivering on his word cheers for the beers so nice little feel good there. with Jeremy Clarkson not doing himself any, uh, any, any wrongdoing by doing that. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's quite a nice little touch. and I'll be all quite happy.
1: Yes, for sure. I mean, Jeremy also got to pose with that Monaco Grand Prix trophy, which was quite cool. Um, he was seen holding it in a video. Very good, I'm sure, good uh, branding for his Forkestone Lager beer company at the moment he also put a sticker on the car i wonder if we'll see that in canada or not no, i but, love that yeah, i doubt that but it would be quite cool if they do leave
0: it on yeah if you guys are interested, just go and check the video there's a little video where he sneaks up to the uh, formula one car just uh, there and he happens to just attach a hawkston lager sticker right near the the uh, the, the driver's seat which is the quite funny part, yeah But uh, yeah, I mean, that's sort of going to bring us a bit to a close here for this week's Forever F1 podcast. Of course, we've got the Canada Grand Prix this week, and we will have a uh, preview show or slash a preview video probably uh, on Thursday. I can't decide if I want to make it live or not yet, but we'll we'll, we'll have that on Thursday, of course, for the Canada Grand Prix. It's quite a friendly timed Grand Prix. I thought it would be horrible, but it's actually very friendly for those uh, in Europe and Africa, those in uh, East Asia not so friendly guys you are going to be very very early in the morning for your race but of course we will catch you there on forever motorsports and forever sports and reese just some final thoughts heading into this weekend is there anything that you that you predict very very quickly of course don't want to get too much into it yes well
1: i just had one article that i did want to read oh, Mark, go for uh, it. just from Charles Leclerc speaking about ferrari and how they need to perform this weekend He's given them a little bit of a demand going into Canada, just saying that they need to get to the bottom of things. They need to focus on themselves and to understand their issues surrounding the tyres, the because they apparently had some issues during those tyre testing uh, in Spain. So he wants to just get to the bottom of that a little bit and then focus on the race weekend ahead. Uh, hopefully they'll have a little bit more confidence after that 24-hour Le Mans win. So, we yeah. don't know. Maybe see... A bit of an improvement from the Ferrari garage.
0: At least something Ferrari won. <laughs> yes, I know, finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, Reese apparently is doing a video on the Lamar uh, Grand Prix win for Ferrari. A historic win, of course. Last time they won it was 1965. They also have been in Lamar for ages. So yeah, fantastic for 59 them. 59 to... years, I think it was. Yeah. So, something, yeah,
1: something
0: fantastic like for that. them to come back with a victory as well. So great, great win for the Lamar Ferrari team. Could the F1 team? try and replicate something similar but we'll have to see this weekend going into canada guys thank you so much for joining us for this week's forever f1 podcast with reese and myself mark of course we will see you uh this weekend and uh, stick around on the channel be sure to subscribe like the video and uh yeah go check out some of our other content on the channel as well and otherwise our channel our partner channel forever motorsports which is dedicated just to motorsports and uh, yeah we will see you in the next one guys thank you so much for watching Goodbye.